worship team. Just wanted to do a, a few words of uh, introduction uh, of Pastor Gabby. Uh, Pastor, why don't you come on up and we'll... We, uh, this might, for many of you, be uh, meeting um, uh, Pastor Gabby for the first time, but we have actually been supporting him and his work in Lebanon and UAE for over 10 years. In fact, we couldn't really figure out where that was. I inherited uh, Pastor Gabby from uh, Pastor Steve. <laughs> and, uh, um, and yet... Uh, it's such a unique um, calling and work that he has. It's been really neat, and he has become a very good friend, actually, as we've connected there. Just a, a few pictures um, that he is, uh, that's his wife and three girls, if you can kind of uh, see them. You can notice right away he is a man blessed by God because he w married <laughs> way above himself. So... Um, that was true. In fact, I asked for a few pictures uh, from his congregation, and he had like 37 pictures of his wife there. Just that's all he had. And way back, I finally had to get there. Um, and he has been serving how many years? And you were a worship leader for a long, long time. Yes. He um, uh, gave his, his life to Christ through a, a kind of charismatic Catholic movement. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they have, uh, and then he became a worship leader, Assemblies of God Ministries mm -hmm. there. And then how long have you been uh, lead pastor for um, the churches? In, since 1996. 1996. So like 20, 21 years now. And his primary church is in Lebanon, but he flies to uh, Dubai mm -hmm. um, once a month and cares for a congregation in Dubai as well. So he is very, very busy, and he's got a network there. Um, those are some pictures of uh, his congregation, um, some unique. You'll maybe see a video tonight about some baptisms uh, that have been uh, taken place, including his daughter, which has been really neat. Um, and I would encourage you to come at 6 o'clock tonight to hear a little bit more about the ministry. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Gabby's perspective is one of a kingdom perspective. So you've got all these different, uh, um, not only Christian um, movements within Lebanon and the Middle East, you also have um, some uh, movements within Islam and how that all works together, and yet he maintains this kingdom perspective of what God is doing, not only in Lebanon, but the Middle East and around the world. So just a, a delight to, to hear and uh, talk with him about that. So encourage you again to come. Also, John mentioned it, um, above the tithes and offerings, we usually use uh, uh, the box at the back for need fund, but we thought to help him uh, with the expensive air flight here and back that we would in, uh, encourage you anything on top of your normal tithes and offerings to put in the boxes, that would be great. So um, let's pray. And I'm going to call him from now on Pastor G Gabriel because that <laughs> is his full name and I think he'll spring wings out if I refer to it enough times. So let's pray. So, Lord, we thank you for your work and calling and life in this um, man of God. Lord, we 
anoint him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you bring a fresh and filling in Pastor Gabrielle? Lord, would you uh, continue to stir in him uh, a renewed heart for life and ministry, a renewed heart uh, to serve you and honor you and give you glory? Hmm. Lord, would you fill him uh, with your words? And through him, would you fill us with your words? In your precious and powerful name, we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. And good morning. morning. I'm going to come closer just to be able to see your faces because I love to see the faces of the bride. You know, you look so beautiful. Seriously. I mean, there's something I keep reminding my church every morning on Sunday that they're the most beautiful bride. Because we are a beautiful bride. Amen? And um, yesterday, Pastor Eric reminded me that I'm even in SCC before even him being here. So, um, Let me just start by saying I'm, uh, how much I'm thankful. Um, just Let me just fix up my um, technology here. Um, how much I'm, I'm thankful for you guys and how much I have gratitude in our heart, myself, uh, my, uh, my family, and the ministry for you being uh, willing to stand with us for all these years faithfully. Um, not many would do that. And we're so grateful. I really feel we have a special love for you. We might not know you uh, uh, by names or we don't know each other we don't have the time to fellowship, maybe more. But we have such, uh, our hearts full of love for you, seriously. And um, whenever um, I have a trip to the States, I just make sure that I come and pass. And just to see you spend time with you and just to feel the love of God for you. And I even was praying yesterday, uh, just asking God and seeking God, Lord, what do you want to share with, with this beautiful people? And I felt the Lord is saying just uh, that he wanted to reflect his love to you. You're so loved. I don't know if you know that, not here, but here, how much we are loved. Um, we, will, we might talk a bit about that. I uh, uh, just want to tell you that uh, uh, a lot of things that we're doing in Lebanon, we would, it, would, it would have been harder for us to do without you standing with us. So thank you. Really, uh, we really appreciate you. Um, just to uh, also to tell you that English is not our second language. We, uh, we speak French as second language in Lebanon, so excuse my English if I did some mistakes. I know that you would know that I'm not swearing. I don't swear normally, and I'm, I don't intend to say bad words. So if you heard me saying bad words, you should know that um, that's, my, that's my English, okay? <laughs> so, so, and uh, where's Marilyn? Uh, just... Keep the promise, okay? And I'm going to keep an eye on you. She said to me something that my wife keeps telling me every Sunday. Slow down when you speak. Because we can't understand you. Like, I do the same in Arabic, too. 
I always have a lot of thoughts in my mind, a very short time, that I want to squeeze everything that's come on my mind in like 30 minutes, and I go, <laughs> and so my wife keep waving for me. She sits in the back in the church, slow down. <laughs> so Madeline this morning says, I'm like your mom, can I say this? Can you slow down? I said, well, please do that. So I said, I'm going to sit somewhere, and when I wave, you all know that I'm going fast, okay? <laughs> so I'll try not to go fast. So I just want to tell you that God is great. God is so good. And He's doing a lot of good deeds. Uh, we are experiencing God seriously and literally uh, by minutes where we live. And I know that we have, we have the same God. I know that you can experience the same God the same way. Because God is so alive. And um, as Pastor uh, Eric shared that I, 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 I pastor a church in, in, in Beirut, Lebanon, that uh, me and my wife has uh, planted like uh, nine years or eight years ago. At the same time, we planted another church in UAE, uh, in Dubai. It's like a four and a half hours fly from Lebanon. And I go there once a month. I used to go there twice a month. And I just want to tell you this, that we would have never done this if it wasn't God, you know, uh, uh, in our lives. It's not something that you can do without God. It's something that you need God definitely to do it. And what I wanted to say is that not can do this. You too can do it. You too can do it. And the message I have on my heart, they, they said, why don't you share a few stories about how God is moving with you. And I just want to play it uh, nasty. I'm not going to share any stories now because I want to make sure that you would come tonight. So if you want to hear the stories, I'll be there at 6. But we have... I mean, really, I mean, I just wanted to come and hear about how God is, how God's heart is after also uh, the, the Islam word, the Arab word. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but God loves the Islam word. He do. Um, last week I was in a conference and the Lord spoke to me clearly. It's not my subject, but I just want to share it with you. The way the father heart was towards Ishmael, when he was in the wilderness, he heard him crying. He is a wild boy, definitely. We all know that. Right? He is a wild boy. I mean, we know it better, maybe, because we live next to. But he is a son of Abraham, too. And God loves Ishmael. And uh, God's heart for the Islam is so, is, you know, is so, there is a lot of, um, um, you know, understanding. I don't know how to say it, but whenever... I mean, we live with, with in, in an Islamic world. We live in, uh, in a place where, uh, with people that they don't like us. Um, they plan how to kill us. Uh, they think killing us, they're doing favor to God. But at the same time, uh, we have a great love for them. And this is why we can do whatever we can do for them. And when you see how God meets them in dreams and visions, it's so beautiful. Seriously, I mean, I mean God just meets them with dreams and visions. God himself. Sometimes because we're so cowardly. You know, sometimes I... You would... Uh, uh, you know, you'd like, should I share with him? Should I... Maybe he would be angry. You know, I don't know. And then you feel like he needs to hear about God. And then you just... Oh, yeah, okay, let's... I'll do it tomorrow. Then God would never wait for tomorrow. He'd go home and he'll have a dream or a vision from, about, about Jesus. And he'd come back next day and say, well, listen, I have this weird dream. Would you explain it to me? And this is what happened with one of the ladies in our church that I'm going to share 
with you tonight if you come at six. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm good, huh? I'm good at marketing. Um, let me share with you a little bit, little bit about um, when do I have to stop? Quarter after, wow, thank you, tonight. <laughs> let me share with you uh, a, a message I really believe that God has put on my heart to this beautiful family. Because I believe we are a family, right? We are one family under one God, one kingdom under one king, right? And this is how I feel. Whenever I come here, I feel like this is my family. Um, let me share with you a bit about um, our identity in God. Why we do what we're doing and, and why we succeed with, with what we are doing. I consider ourselves very much successful with what we're doing. You know, um, people ask, keep asking us, how do you serve God in Lebanon? I mean, isn't it hard? Oh, yes, it's so hard. I mean, I tell you something. Living in Lebanon, it's not a joke. Or living in the Middle East is not a joke. I mean, especially in Lebanon. We've been, till now, we don't have like 24 hours electricity, electricity a day. It's a very expensive country. More, most, more expensive than any other country in Europe. We're considered number nine. In, in the world as how expensive it is to live. It's very unstable uh, politically. Uh, if I want to explain to you the political situation, it's impossible to understand. It's so complicated. Everybody hates everybody. They love each other and they hate each other at the same time. They try to work it together. We have 18 denominations out of 4.5 million who lives. There is 18 denominations that they don't like each other, but they have to live together. Um, we have 2.5 million refugees, uh, uh, Syrian refugees. We have almost 700,000 uh, Palestinian refugees, and we have almost 250,000 Iraqi refugees that are filling the country. So it's not easy at all to live there, and it's not easy at all to see uh, uh, to, to to be there. If you would uh, if you would ask me to choose, would you like to live in Lebanon or come and live in the state? I would definitely say I would love to live in Lebanon. That's because I'm cold to live there. Not because it's nice to live there, but because I know that I'm not going to enjoy it elsewhere. Seriously. I mean, I know it's easier to come and live here, for example. And I had many invitations as, you know, on the way, a lot of my American friends and just come and, you know, we can live here, you can get citizenship and, you know, and life is easy here. I know life is so easy here, but it's more exciting there. You know, it's, 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 uh, I'm not saying that's not, it's not exciting here too. Just don't misunderstand me. For me, because I am called to that place. I am called to that place. I love Lebanon. You know, I love all this mix. I love those, I love the, this, you know, the instability. I, I just, I, I'm in love with, with the traffic that has no meaning. You know, a, we, have, we have traffics in Lebanon that you, you don't understand. It's like, what's going on? So just, you have to find your way. Seriously, just sneeze, sneeze your car somewhere and just find your way out of the traffic. So we have a lot of funny things there. But I love it because I know that God called us there. And I know and that God called us there to do something specific. And I can never, we can never do whatever God called us to do there if we don't know our identity in Jesus. And this is the same with you guys. Because I know you are called for this place, for Colorado Springs. And I know that there is something God has called you to do beyond just coming on, on Sundays or doing the church activities that God is, uh, that you are doing faithfully. I know 
for sure that, you know, God did not do church just because he wanted to have another, um, um, I don't know, gathering on earth, you know? If, if you read about the church, if you, if you study about the church, why did God want to have church? Why did God want to have people? Why did God choose Abraham? Why did God choose the Jew? Why? Because he wanted to communicate his, uh, his love, his heart to the earth through a group of people. And now the church is this group. So God wants to use us. And the Bible says this. It says clearly, I'm not going to read much uh, of the verses. I'm going to... Uh, uh, I'm going to read some, but the Bible says clearly that we are to be the salt and light of this world. And this is me and you. It's not only the pastor, not the, the elders, not the worship leaders, not the deacons. That's everyone that considers himself a child of God. We are to be the salt and light. And I'm not going to go through what does it mean, the salt and light. I'm going to keep this to Pastor Eric sometime else. Maybe he would explain to you the importance of having salt and the importance of the light. But I'm going to go towards more uh, another uh, identity that I know that Satan all the time tried to attack and steal from us because it happens with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when the Lord started his ministry at the beginning, how did it start? Hmm? It all started when he was baptized, right? Am I right or am I right theologically? Right, thank you. <laughs> it all started when he got baptized, right? And what happened when he got baptized? The Bible, the four Gospels, you know, uh, talk about the same incident. And when the four Gospels share the same incident, that's because the Lord is trying to take our direction to something so specific that in the four gospels it says that when Jesus got baptized, they heard a voice coming from heaven saying what? This is my beloved son. Right? So it was so important for the world to hear this, that this man who is walking on earth is my son. This is my beloved son. And if you read about Jesus, Jesus was so proud to be the son. He would walk around and say, the father, the father, I do what the father says. I am the son. I do what the father says. Why? Because if you're not a son, you don't have the authority of the father. It was so important that Jesus was to be proclaimed as the son, that everybody would know that this person, when he says something, as if, it's, as if it is me saying it. You know, you don't come from, how many here are from the Middle East besides my friend Sam here? How many, do you know? Okay, you know in the Middle East, unfortunately, this is the mentality. I, I, I need to explain this to you, that the boy, the son, then has a special you know, because he is the one who inherited. Until now, in Islam, until now, in the Middle East, you know, boys are so important. I have three girls. My dad looks at me all the time. It's like, oh, poor son. He has only three girls. It's like, what's wrong with having three girls? I have three blessings in my house. So anyway, this is the mentality. But I'm just saying to explain to you that it's very important to know that the son, I know that we're talking about children of God, sons and daughters. But I'm just saying to explain to you that then why it was Said, said this way, because for you as if you're a woman or if you're a man, to understand the, um, the importance of meaning and the meaning of an understanding of what it does it mean to be a child of God. That when you are a son, you have the authority of the father. When you are a son, you are the one who inherits 
from the father. When you are a son, whatever you say is as if the father is saying it. So it was very important that Jesus to be proclaimed in front of the whole world that this is my beloved son. And another word, another word says, this is my beloved son to whom you should listen. Because he is what? Because he is my son, right? And the Bible, the verse, I mean the, the gospel, the, the, the Bible says clearly, many verses in the Bible says that we are to be also the children of God. Each one of you is a son and daughter of, of God. So we are also to walk in the same authority that Jesus has walked in. And that's why we can do what we are doing in Lebanon. Not because I'm so smart. Not because I don't, I mean, some people are scared, I tell you. Some, we, had, we had times where we think like, uh, we don't know what to do. We are scared. We know we had times where we feel insecure. That's so sure. We are now, I mean, right, right now what I'm talking to you, Lebanon is going through, I don't know if, you, if you're following up with the Lebanese news, we are going through a lot of instability, shaking, you know? So a lot of, you know, we don't know, we really, I mean, in Lebanon we keep telling, we don't know how to plan, we, we never taught ourselves how to plan for the future because we don't know how the future would be like. We never, we never, I mean, it's not even in our mentality, we don't, I mean, even coming here, I, at the last minute I, I spoke to Pastor Eric, I said, listen, I'm coming next week, so, oh, thank you for telling me, <laughs> you know, because we, we don't know how to plan furthermore for the future because we are not sure about the future. But with all this situation, we know that we walk in authority of heaven, we know that we walk in the authority of the Father, and we know that whatever we do on earth God the Father in the heaven is behind us. That's why we are able to do what we are do we're doing. That's why we can do what God has called us to do. That's why I dream big and I know that it will happen. Not because I am a clever person, not because I studied the Bible, not because I, I am called Gabriel, just because I am the Son of God. And I carry the mantle. I carry the authority. I know that there is, when there is a sick person, when I pray for the sick person, he's going to be healed because I have the authority of the Father. I know that when I'm facing fear in front of me, I'm not going to be afraid because I know that he should be afraid because I'm carrying the, the authority of the Father. And then, and then you understand why the first thing Jesus has to face after baptism you know, the Bible says that after baptism, the Holy Spirit led the Lord Jesus to the wilderness, right? What was the first attack on Jesus? Because many people would think and would say, as many now would say, Oh, Satan told him, uh, 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 if you're hungry, turn the stone to... Not, right? It was not that. The first attack was on his identity. The first thing Satan said to Jesus, if you are the Son of God... Because he knew that if he can steal his identity, pray all day long for those stones that would never turn into bread. The only way to turn those stones into bread was by the authority that he had as a son of God. And look at the stones and say, turn into bread and it would become, it would become bread. And this is exactly what Satan does to many of us and I'm sure he does it to you too. Trying to steal your identity this is, how, this is what happened, that many of us, we feel ashamed, we're not sure what are we. That's why we're afraid. That's why whatever we feel, whatever we face any, any opposition, we're just like, oh, what shall we do now? What you, what you shall do is you just walk in your identity, walk in the authority that God gave you. You are the Son of God. 
talk to your, pro to your, to your problem. Talk to whatever is facing you and change it. So this is how we live in Lebanon, if you want to know how we live in Lebanon. And this is why we enjoy living in Lebanon. We have more challenges, and so we see more miracles. If you want to see more miracles, come and join us. We'd love to have you on our team. But let me tell you something, saying that. I believe you don't have less challenges here in the state. Because I think we're facing the same devil. It just has a different face here. You know, it comes with a different identity here. We have it as Islam or whatever. But it comes here with a different identity. So, I believe that you two are to live, you know, the miracle of God. The authority. And to see God moving. But we need to understand that we need to uh, have back our identity. You know, it always amazes me when I read about the, um, um, the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son, you know. Beautiful story. I, I keep reading the story, and every time I read the story, just more enlightenment, more, you know, proclamation from the Holy Spirit just to, to my spirit. How God dealt with this, with this son. You know, first of all, he was called all the way a son. He never lost that position. Even when he was far away from God. Even when he was far away from God. He was a son. He never lost this, this um, identity. And uh, before I continue, just, I was reminded of something. I don't know if I shared with some, some, uh, some of you guys this when I met. But I'm always amazed with the, with the, with the lion, you know, and, 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 and as, as the animals. The lion is, is, is a beautiful animal, you know. He's the king of the forest, right? Right? Are you with me? Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. I thought you were just, I'm lost here. Anyway, the lion is the king of the forest, right? And, um, but if you look at the lion, he's not the tallest, right? I mean, the giraffe are, are even taller than him. And he's not even the bigger. The elephant is, right? And he's not even the stronger. You know, the, um, let's see, the hippopotamus is even stronger. And he's not even the faster, Right? But he is the king. I mean, how? What made him a king? You know what? Attitude. <laughs> he really believes he's a king. So he goes there. Rah! I am the king. And everybody flees. If you mess with the mind of a lion... And just convince him that he's just a cat. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, any animal would eat him. It's exactly like us. Don't let, don't let Satan mess with your mind. You are sons and daughters. You are sons and daughters. You know, and the... So the prodigal son, it's funny because he is a son. He goes to his dad, give me, your, uh, give me my inheritance. And if you, I mean, I don't know about here in, in, in the States, in, in the Middle East, 
you don't get your inheritance unless your dad is dead. You know, you, you, you never inherit a, a living person. It, he should be dead to inherit. So, so um, just by saying and asking for his inheritance, he's like saying, well, for me you are dead. I, I, I want to be my own master. So he did that. He take the money. He go. He spend the money in whatever we, I mean, just name it. We can put, you know, three, uh, 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 just fill the blanks with what he did there. But the, the funny part is, oh, not the funny part, but this, this is what happened with everybody. That when being away from God and doing what he did, just being, uh, just facing uh, 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 and just remi reminding himself, well, now I'm a filthy person. Now I just, I just eat the pig's food, whatever. And now, you know, I, am, I, I, I did wrong to my dad. Now I'm far away from God. Just all of that stole from him what? His identity. So on the way back home, he was not coming back home as a son. He was going back home as a slave. Because he was thinking in his mind, the Bible says, that I will go back and ask my dad to make me a slave in his house. Not a son. Because he thought that he lost his identity. Because sin makes us feel this way. You know? Satan is very good. You know, I, I keep telling our, our people in church, you know, Satan never faces us like, you know, ta-da, I'm Satan. I'm going to hurt you. Because even my six-year-old daughter, if Satan would do this to her, she would go, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. <laughs> he never faces us this way. He sneaks down little by little. He starts poisoning you little but take this bite. Just a bite. It won't hurt you. Yeah, it didn't hurt me. Actually, I'm still going to church every Sunday. I'm still tithing. You know, I do everything that I'm used to do. Now, little by little, little by little, that sin, that whatever, being away from God, that cold heart would steal from you your identity. And going back to the father's heart. I mean, look at the way the father met him. Look at the way, I mean, it amazes me. He never says, well, I told you. Look at, you smell horrible. I mean, this is how we treat each other. Sometimes when we have a brother who would sin or just be away, we go, we love you, brother. We don't want to make you feel like bad, but you know, you smell bad. We don't see the father saying, you know, okay, you have to go through a special program before getting back your identity. We don't see the father saying, well, I'm, I think you have to go through discipleship. No. That's my son. That's my son. We see the father running, kissing the son, and proclaiming it in front of everybody. That's my son. Put the ring 
you know, the sign of authority. You know that ring used to be, at, that we call in, in, in Arabic, Sam knows, we call it khatam. Khatam that comes from the word khatam, which is, means stamp. It's like they used to use that khatam, that ring, to stamp with it. So whatever you stamp is official. It's like putting the ring back in his finger means that he can speak on my behalf. He can sell the lands, he can buy the lands, he can do anything, he can kick out slaves, he can buy new slaves. That's my son. And he has a place on my table. And you know what? From that same second, the son was able to walk in authority. He was filthy, yes. He needed to shower. That's so true. But he was a son from that same second. And I truly believe, dear bro brothers and sisters, that we need as a church to restore back this, this, this very specific identity that we are the sons and daughters of God. We need to walk with this authority that we are the sons and daughters of God. If you want to see change in Colorado Spring, this is possible. By the way, this is possible. If we can see change in the Middle East, then we definitely can see change in, in Colorado Spring. It's so possible. It's so possible. And through whom? You. I'm not talking to the one next to you. Don't tell me I'm too old. I, I, I'm just retiring. No, there is no retirement in Christianity. You know that? I keep telling Jesus, you know, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to keep preaching until I'm 96. And then you can take me home. We can make a difference. You can make a difference because you, are, you can walk with the authority, the same authority that Jesus had. It's so beautiful when the older brother came to the father, was angry, you know, God, you know, Father, I've been with you all this time. You're just treating the son of yours the way you're treating him. Why not with me? And what was the answer of the father? What was the answer of the father? Whatever I have is yours. You don't need to ask. I mean, this is how the father thinks of us. We don't take just because we, are, we don't know. We even are raised up in our families with our, with our earthly fathers in the wrong way sometimes, you know. I had a very bad relationship with my, own, with my biological father, by the way. I mean, if you, the, when, when I became Christian, when they said, God the Father, I said, don't call him Father, I don't like it. I had a very, I mean, I, I, I had plans how to kill him. Seriously talking. I was not good then. Like this man is so evil. He was a gambler. He was after women. You know, he was a very selfish man. I mean, I'm talking about someone who's now Christian. He's my, one of my best friends. Okay, so just that's why I have the freedom to say it this way. But I hated the figure of the father. I didn't understand what the father is. For me, the father is someone who would take my money, someone who would just abuse me, someone who would just, you know, he's a selfish person. But this is not our heavenly father, guys. Let me just finish with this story. Because I believe that God also wants to communicate His love with you. A few years ago, 2006, we had a small war in Lebanon. And during that war, I was praying in my room alone. My family was asleep. 
I had only one daughter then, the, the eldest, Analea. And you know how it's like when you have, uh, I mean, those who are parents here, they know how, how precious are your kids. I mean, for me, this was the word. My daughter, it's like, oh, I loved her so much. I can, I can, I can hug her and kiss her all day long. I, and, and, you know, and I was just, you know, thinking and about all those, before I was married and having kids, all those preachers would say, you know, one day you'll have kids and you'll understand the love of the Father. So I was thinking, oh, now I'm just understanding the love of my father, the way I love my daughter, because I was even thinking then that if my daughter needs an organ, I would not even ask or, you know, or, or, or just even talk with anyone about should I give it from myself or not. If she needs a heart, I will have a knife myself, I will cut myself, I'll take my heart out and I'll give it to her. I will not even not, you know, negotiate it with even my wife because I love this daughter so much. I'm really ready to die for her. Till now, I have three now. You know, you can tell how much I have love. I have four actually with my wife because she's like my daughters. Anyway, she's beautiful as Pastor Alex says. She is so beautiful. She is beautiful inside out, by the way. I mean, as, as much as this, whatever you see outside, she's even double inside. She's a beautiful woman of God. So anyway, I mean, she can handle me. So, <laughs> I, I keep telling her, how did you marry me? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was even, you know, the, the one you know me before, I was 100 pounds bigger. It's like, how did you marry this big man? So I said, anyway, that was not the story. Anyway, so. So I was, you know, I was, I was meditating on my love to my daughter. And, you know, I was so religious. It's like, oh, Lord, you love me this way. Oh, how much you love me. I was just enjoying the love of the Father. Oh, you love me this way. Father, thank you. And then while saying this, I really clearly heard the voice of the Lord saying, no, Gabby, I even love you more. And it's like, ah, come on, God. There's, more, there's no more love than this. I'm ready to die for my daughter. You know, there's, more, there's no more love, better love than someone giving his life for others, right? He says, no, there is more, Gabby. It's like, what is more than this, Father? What is more than this? And then clearly he said to me, okay, you're ready to die for your daughter, but are you ready to sacrifice your daughter for someone else? Oh, ho, 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 wait a minute. No way. Not then, not now even. Because if I'm going to sacrifice my daughter for someone, this someone should be at least, I wouldn't feel like I lost something, you know, should be at least equal to my daughter. So if I'm giving up my daughter, I'm, at least I'm gaining someone that is equal in, in worth. And then I heard, I heard the Lord saying, so now you know how much you're worth for me? You're equal to Jesus? You're my son? Do you know now how much I love you? Oh, I tell you something. If I'm going to sacrifice my daughter for someone, this someone should be so precious. I don't think there's anyone on earth that is worth it. Sorry to say that. I mean, fathers and parents know what I'm talking about, right? You know, our God the Father, He did it. He sacrificed His Son because He wanted to gain more sons 
into the family. More daughters into the family. You are this much precious and loved. If you just allow this to come into your heart, it will cast all fear away. And then you can come and live in Lebanon. And enjoy Lebanon. People say, you're crazy. You enjoy Lebanon. Yes, of course. I mean, we're actually, to be honest with you, we have better food. <laughs> That's the only thing that we can think of. <laughs> we have better food than you have here. I mean, we have nice food. If you come to Lebanon, I promise you to give you the best. <laughs> Let me finish with this. Do I believe that God is on the move? Yes. Do I believe that God is, or we're living in a very historical time of the, of, the, of the history? Oh, yes. Do I believe that um, I'm lucky to be living this time of the, of the history? Oh, yes. Do I believe that God is in the move in the earth? Oh, yes. Do I believe that all the shaking that's happening these days is God's hand? Oh, yes. But you know what? We have to believe, too, that we are called in this time of the history, that we are called to do a change, each one of you. You're more than a person coming to church on Sunday and heat up the chair that you're sitting on. You are a son and a daughter of God. You know what I keep telling people? I'm not afraid of Satan. I know that if I step into a house that is full of with evil spirits, they would flee away. Not because I studied Bible. Not because my name is Gabriel. Not because I'm handsome Lebanese. Just because I'm the son of God. I am the son of God. Whenever I face in our church any problem, sickness, I don't face it as Gabby. I know I don't have the power to do. I know I'm not that clever. I face it as the Son of God. And I come with the authority of my Father. And I speak to the, uh, to the sickness. I speak to the devil. I speak to the evil spirits. And I see miracles happening. And you know what? You can do the same. If you just believe. And refuse to accept the big lie that Satan has tried to steal from you, you know. That you're not anymore a son or a daughter. There is no one here, no one here, who believes that he was bought by the blood of Jesus, who does not deserve to be called the son or the child of God. No one here. No one whatsoever. No one here. And you know what? We are all equal. I might be a pastor. Pastor Rick is a pastor. You might have elders, worship leaders, but we are all equal in identity. We are all the son and children of God. Amen? Amen. Can we pray? Amen. Can I ask you to stand up with me, please? Let's pray in a little bit different way, could we? I was thinking if we could... Um, just listen and, uh, and be led by the Spirit. Um, maybe there are many ways that we are not living as children of God, that we're not living into our identity 
Um, we're not living as lions. Perhaps some of us are living as squirrels um, or uh, duck-billed platypuses. <laughs> um, but just any way that um, if, uh, if you could listen, and I'll join you if I feel led to pray, I'll, I'll pray as well. But just uh, any way that we need to um, claim back that identity as daughters and sons uh, living in the authority of Jesus Christ. Um, can we do that? Just listen and however we feel led to pray over this congregation. Let's, let's listen together. Lord, just uh, heard the word insignificant. That some of us have believed the lie that we don't matter, that you have not gifted us, that you have not called us, that you do not have a purpose for us, that we are insignificant. Lord, we, we stand against that, Lord. We, we know that that is not part of our identity in you, Lord God, that you have placed the, this crown of significance. You've, for each and every one of us, Lord God, you have purposes, you have a destiny, you have gifts and a calling, Lord God. Lord, fill us with that sense of significance, not certainly for our own glory and pride, but for your glory and for your honor, how you want to advance your kingdom on this earth through our lives, yes. calling and giftedness. And, and can I ask you to do something with me, please? Because when we hear that God loves us, sometimes we heard this word too much. Mm. That's not anymore affecting us. That just to allow the Holy Spirit today to take you beyond these words mm. and open your eyes and your hearts to the love of God in a totally different way. You might tell me, I've been with the Lord for 50 years, 60 years, I don't know. But you know, with my wife, I never, I've learned not to just say, I love you. Mm. I learned to show her my love in different ways. Mm. Because I don't want her to get used to the word, I love you. And sometimes with God, we need the same. Mm. We need to allow the Holy Spirit just to show us mm. how He loves us. So can I ask you, I don't know if you're used to do that or not, but I'm just a stranger, I can't, I'm going to leave. Tomorrow, so. Can I ask you just to lift up your hands mm -hmm. and ask the Holy Spirit to come and just open your eyes mm -hmm. and touch your heart with the love of the Father? Go ahead, ask Him. Say, Lord, just open my eyes. Touch my heart. And let the love of the Father come just embrace you and fill you from top down. And let it cast all fear away. 
all insignificance, all these negative words you've heard from people or you said about yourself that you are not useful. You just see the, your words when you know that you are equal to Jesus. Father, 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 just embrace me with your love this morning. The only thing that made the prodigal son come back is that he know, he knew that his father loves him. So I want to come back, Lord, to sit on your table, Lord, in your, and be with you. Just come back and be your son and your daughter again, Lord. And move with this authority, whether in my family, my business, my country, whatever you are called me to do, Father. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. I exalt So 